0: about this. Everyone got one of these little uh, blowers yeah. coming in. That's it. We're going to blow these in just a second. Just keep going I'll- in Christ we're thankful for lead pastors and volunteers and friends and just every single one of you that has helped point us to Christ every day we're so thankful and we cannot wait for many more years to come with you guys I just want to wish Lake Church a happy birthday oh my gosh it's crazy how I walk into this church not knowing how much of an impact it would make in my life and the life of others and I'm just so grateful that I'm celebrating this with you so happy birthday Five years of God's goodness and God's faithfulness in so many ways. Five years of an incredible church family that just keeps growing, and we're so thankful. Happy birthday, Slate. Happy birthday to Slate. Happy birthday to Slate. Hey, Slate. Happy fifth birthday so thankful for the impact Slate's had on my life in the last few years, and I'm looking forward to seeing it impact other people through the next few years. It's incredible to think that this has been five years that Slate has been running. I know that Beth and I, when we first came to Slate Church, we were looking for a church that had strong vision and strong leadership, and we definitely found that at Slate Church, and then a lot more that I don't think that we really um, understood or expected at the time that we joined we found a good community with people that love god that love the city that we live in that are constantly challenging themselves to grow and uh and we've become a lot better as people for it and we're very grateful for this church very grateful for you pastor brandon pastor emma for leading us so well and very grateful for everybody um, in this community that works so hard to make this something that's worth being a part of and actually is a real like demonstration of god's love to the city and the people around us Happy birthday, Slate! We're so stoked for what God has planned for our future and just extremely grateful to be part of such an amazing church. Um, God has raised up so many great leaders in our church and I can't wait to see because the best is yet to come. And shout out to locals for being such a completely life-changing thing at Slate Church and Mm -hmm. for bringing so many lifelong friends into our lives. Let's go! Happy 5th birthday, Slate, I know for myself the last five years have been filled with just like the most amazing people and friendships and community it's been filled with just healing and restoration in my own life and a deepening relationship with god and so just looking back in the last five years it's been so incredible to be a part of it and to be just praying into what god is doing here and so i'm so thankful for the last five years giving god all the glory and praise for it all and just so excited and expectant for what's going to come in the future for slate uh, really just believing the best is going to come happy birthday slate <laughs> <laughs> I think we're supposed to all blow these at this point. Happy 5th happy birthday. <laughs> Mine doesn't even work. Okay, so at any point uh, you like or don't like something I'm saying, you're allowed to blow those. And uh, there, I'm just, and I'm going to only read it that you like what I'm saying. Um, it's good to see you, and if we haven't met, my name is Brandon. I'm the lead pastor here alongside my wife, Emma, who is just up here with me. And we're just so thankful for all of you and for five incredible years. And uh, today's an interesting Sunday being our five year. Um, I've got some, certainly some scripture to read out and some things to direct our, our focus on today. But even more than that, uh, not more than scripture, but uh, uh, is that we're going to celebrate five years. And we're going to celebrate that together because it's important to take a look back. And so for some of us, we've joined Slate Church um, Uh, Right at the beginning, we know the history of Slate Church. We've been there for all the moments. For some of us, uh, we're coming in and uh, this isn't, uh, you know, we we don't know the history of Slate Church. We don't know uh, all that God's done. And so I hope to bring some of us up to speed, hopefully for those of us that know the story, that uh, just bring back some memories, that sort of thing. And then get ready and set us up for the fall that's in front of us. And I'm really excited about the fall that's coming. I love the series that's coming up, No One Else Is Coming, coming. And uh, it's, it's got a really good message at the heart of what we're going to be talking about for those uh, four weeks. So uh, let's raise our expectations for what God's going to do in the next little bit. I just want to read um, a, a passage. That's right. Yeah, when you like something, you can blow your, blow your horns. Is that Nate? Yeah, I thought so. All right. I didn't even, I didn't even like, if I had said, you know, if somebody had to say, okay, you got to put your life on the line, who's going to blow their, their kazoo or whatever it's called first, it would have been Nate. Um, so good on you, Nate. Judges chapter four, four to seven. This is some uh, passage that we've revisited a, a few times or a couple of times over the last um, year or so. And it says this: So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, "Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder." according to the number of the tribes of Israel of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask, what did these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. One thing that I love about this passage, and we have talked about it before, so I'm not about to recap that message. You can go look at it. Um, on, our, on our YouTube page. But God has just led the Israelites, or he's just about to lead the Israelites across uh, the Jordan River into the Promised Land. And the thing that he tells them to do is, listen, set up these 12 stones. Why? So when people see them and they have a question to ask about what's going on in here, that you'll be able to tell them that God led us through on dry ground, that God did something amazing. And in this passage, what we learn is that it's important to take stock of what's happening Create moments where we can look back on what God has done so that when we look at those things, we can appreciate all that God is, who he is, and his faithfulness. And you know, if there's one overarching theme of what we're going to be talking about this morning, it's God's faithfulness. Because who knows that over the last five years, God has been very faithful to us as a church. Like very, very, very faithful. Um, our temptation is that um, we would complain when things aren't going well. And you look at uh, numbers 11, 1 to 3. And uh, uh, this is out of the CEV translation, but God has just done all of this great stuff for them. They have this, um, uh, th- this journey ahead of them to get to the promised land, to get to the story that we just recounted. And God has led them out of slavery. They had four years of slavery, 400 years of slavery. God has led them out, and uh, it just says this. It's like so casual. In Numbers chapter 11, verse 1, it says, One day the Israelites started complaining about their troubles. The Lord heard them and became so angry that he destroyed the outer edges of their camp with fire. It's like he, was, he wanted to destroy them, but he's just like, you know what? I'm just going to give you a warning. I'm really upset that you're complaining because I literally just led you out of 400 years of slavery and all you're doing is complaining. It says, when the people begged Moses to help, he prayed and the fire went out. They named the place burning because in his anger, the Lord had set their camp on fire. And I just think, listen, it is so easy as a church as we go on and we get comfortable with one another, we get familiar with one another, we get familiar with our story as a church, we get familiar with the week-to-week happenings as a church. It can become so easy to start complaining about what's happening, forgetting what the Lord has done. And I really believe that we have the opportunity to either look back on stones and remember God's faithfulness or have a circle around us of fire reminding ourselves of the times that we've complained and God has been angry with us because we fail to remember his faithfulness. And I just think today is a good opportunity to set up some stones and remember all that God has done. And so rather than talking about 12 stones, because that would be, uh, I, I wouldn't be able to do 12 points uh, in the time frame we have left, but I want to talk about five Uh, standout things that God's done in our church over the last five years. Is that okay? And can we welcome God's presence into this place? I think he's already here, but let's do it. I love it. Also, did a coffee just get passed down the aisle to Mel? Why did that stuff doesn't happen to me? Mel, you're, you're a champ. It's amazing. Let's pray. God, thank you for five years of faithfulness. God, we wouldn't be sitting here in landmark cinemas if it wasn't for you. Now, God, anybody can rent out a theater, but, God, only you can fill it with your presence. And so, God, we just thank you this morning that we haven't just rented out a theater so that we can get together with 20 of our closest friends, but that, God, we have been able to walk into this place over the last year and be filled with your presence week after week after week. God, we welcome you into this space. We already know that you've been moving, that you've been meeting with us. But even right now, as we look back, God, we pray that you would get the glory for all that you've done. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. Okay, I'm going to tell lots of stories, and uh, so by the end of this, like, it's not even really going to be a message. If this is your first time here, and you're like, man, I was coming to, like, evaluate your message to see if I come back next week, you're just going to have to come back next week, Um, because we're going to tell a lot about God's faithfulness. I think that's a really important thing to do. You know, I was 15 years old, and I just want to, you don't have to put the photos up yet, Jake, but do you have them all ready to go? Do you have some of them ready to go? Awesome. Well, I'm going to be talking for a little bit, and then you can go. Uh, In Jake's defense, I forgot that there is actually time that has to be put into putting things on the screen. And so two minutes before we were about to start, I was like, hey, Jake, here's 30 photos. Could you throw them up on the screen? He's like, what? (laughs) How many photos do you have left? I need to know how long to talk for. He's got four left. Everybody give it up for Jake. Four photos left. Here's what I want to talk about: is that when I was 15 years old, I remember... Uh, meeting a guy named Jeremy Albrick. Jeremy Albrecht it, was my youth pastor. And uh, Jeremy Albrick is still on our, he's still in my life. He's still who I would consider my pastor. He's on our board of overseers. Um, and uh, Jeremy encouraged me to go into ministry. And it was based on a bunch of different stuff. I didn't really pick up on the clues in my life. But one of the clues was that when I was like three to like five years old, I would just set up all my stuffed animals and preach to them. There was a lot of stuffies in the Richardson household that got saved. And I would just preach to them, and I just thought, like, this was a normal thing that kids did. And I started to talk to Jeremy, he started to be like, dude, that's not really normal. People don't really do that as kids. They, like, like to play with fire trucks. Um, and I like to put on my best Billy Graham impression and, like, try to get uh, my favorite stuffies saved because <laughs> I was always a little bit worried I wouldn't spend heaven, you know, time in heaven with them. And so he's like, that's not normal. And I remember um, being like, okay, I'm going to go into pastoral ministry. Uh, I'm glad that I did. And I remember going to a concert with my now in-laws, my father-in-law, mother-in-law, and Emma. And we went to this concert and I'll never forget that uh, I just had this vision. And um, there's going to be talks, uh, talk all throughout this, this kind of recounting of what God's been doing of images and visions and that sort of thing. I don't want you to be uh, skeptical, walking out of here, that I just walk around, just like seeing images from God, and like God, should I go into Canadian Tire and there's like bursting flames? It's like, okay, I won't. It's not really like that, but there are key moments in a Christian's life where you should be hearing from God in a in a very tangible way. I've never heard God audibly, but sometimes I'll just get this picture that leads me into the next space, or I'll just hear something sti- like very solid and still in my soul. And so if you're hearing a lot of that, I just want you to th- not think that like, hey, this guy's crazy. He's like, uh, he, like, I just want you to know that this is actually less common than you think. But it, these have been big moments in our lives. And so I remember being at this conference or this concert. And as I was praising God, um, all of a sudden there was, this, um, there was this skyline of Toronto. And instead of the CN Tower, there was this cross. I'm About 17 years old at the time. And I remember just breaking down and beginning to cry because I saw this in front of me and I saw it so clearly. And I remember asking God over and over again, God, what, what does this mean? And you'll see on the back screen now, if, Jake, if you have it, this uh, very crude drawing that Emma drew for me at one point. Um, yeah, there's a crude drawing. It's very pixelated because that's a very high, uh, high uh, res- resolution screen and that picture is uh, cropped because there's other stuff that isn't pertinent. But this is, the, this is the image that God gave me. I remember praying over in university over and over and over again. In university, I would go to a, uh, a, something called an outcry tour. And at this outcry tour, uh, I remember just being there and, and being with some people from the student church that we were pastoring at the time. And as we were worshiping God, I, I began to um, see on the stage in front of me, um, all these bands that started to come up and this outcry tour was based out of the States and what they would do is they put on these concerts all around North America and I remember they put on this concert in Toronto, which was actually Hamilton. I'm like, such an American thing to do. They're like, what's a city in Canada? They'll find it. You know, like, it's, it's an outcry tour in Toronto, but we were actually in Hamilton. And I remember bands coming up and they're from all different parts of the world and speakers would come up and they were from all different parts of the world. And at one point, God just kind of flashed in front of my in my in my in my the, my eyes and in my eyesight. All of a sudden, I didn't see just people walking up on stages, but I started seeing flags walk up. Like all of a sudden, it was not just a a, a band that was walking up, but it was an Australian flag, like taking its place to lead these Canadians in worship. And all of a sudden, it was a, it was a UK flag that came up and began to lead these Canadians in worship. And all of a sudden, an American got up and began to speak. And all I could see was an American flag. And then he got off. And an Australian got up. And he started to speak. And all of a sudden, he went down. And another band came up. And it was from Australia. And another band came up. It was from America. And all of a sudden, I started asking God this, these questions. Like, God, why are you showing me this? And at the time, I just thought I wanted to, like, Go, plant a church in uh, somewhere in the south, probably California, surf all day, pray at night, pastor on Sundays. That was kind of the dream for my life. I remember God saying specifically in this moment, because all of, the, all of these flags were kind of flying in my image, in my eyesight. And as I was sitting there worshiping, I got really convicted that I had been looking at going somewhere that I thought would have been easy to pastor. And God just said this to my said this to my heart he said who is going to take care of your own backyard and i think that's a question for all of us like we're sometimes we're just we're waiting for somebody else to come to reach our friends our family our neighbors with the good news of jesus and in this moment i began to become convicted because i began to realize like listen this is not about what's easiest for brandon but this is about what god wants to do in our country here and now moving into the future who is going to lead my people to worship me So guys, we can't leave it up to other nations to come and pastor us into the the, the future that God has for us. I mean, welcome them. God, bring them. But like, honestly, like, most of the, the, the churches that are the largest right now in cities across Canada are not led by people born in Canada, but people that were, le- are, that were led here from other countries. And I just think for those of us that were born here, it's time for us to ask ourselves, am I willing to do what it takes and count the cost to see my friends, my family, my coworkers, my neighbors brought into the family of God because of the way that I'm sharing his love? And so all of a sudden, I started asking this and, and started praying even more about this image that you see on the back of the screen. And I felt God speak to me and just say, listen, my, I, Canada is known for many different things. And we are, we're known for igloos and toques and all these like very like minor things that have nothing to do with our actual lives. But we're also known for just being friendly and for having the CN Tower, and for the Blue Jays. And I really felt God put it on, our, on my heart that one day Canada will be known for me. This is what I, that Canada will be known for me. And for a skyline that is so recognizable in, in all of the world, like the Toronto skyline is a very prominent skyline out of all the skylines that, that are out there. And people understand that, hey, that's Toronto. I just felt God saying over our nation that one day I will be known, uh, and I will be the thing that Canada is known for. And so obviously we didn't end up in Toronto, we ended up in Waterloo, <laughs> But one thing that's been clear to me since the beginning is that God has been directing this church. God's direction would be that first stone that I'd set before us today to say, you know what? Despite all of the weaknesses that I have as a leader, despite all the weaknesses we have as a church, despite all the weaknesses we have as individuals that make up this church, God has been directing our church from the beginning. I wanna show you another moment that kind of directed the future of our church. This next photo is of my father-in-law. And uh, my father-in-law is leading a group of people in an exercise to name our church. This was uh, at WPA. They uh, lent us their sanctuary to be able to practice before the launch of our church. And uh, this was Jason. If you haven't met Jason, my father-in-law, he's a wonderful man. Uh, he's sitting right there. Give everybody a wave, Jason. That's my father-in-law. And, uh, I mean, he was, he, was, uh, he was leading us through an exercise. And so we had three different names as a church. Here's what we could have been named. Kenzie's really interested. She's like... She's always like, uh, hey, dad, if, if I wasn't named Kenzie, like, what would you have named me? And uh, I always forgot, it, but uh, I'm like, I don't know. We just kind of had Kenzie for you. But it's always interesting, like, what would we have been called? So there's three names on the docket. And I remember sitting here with a group of people, and, uh, and these names were, were coming up. And we were kind of, like, uh, giving feedback. And, and Jason was leading us through an exercise on, on, you know, what's best. And this is what it could be named and everything else. So the three options were this. Uh, Light City Church. I'm glad somebody laughed. Who likes that name? That's kind of interesting. Uh, You can pass it off if you know a church planner. Say, hey, Light City Church. There you go. Uh, The second was Engage Church. And the third was Slate Church. And uh, I remember, like, everybody was confused by Slate Church because nobody knew what it meant. And honestly, for those of you that don't know the story of our church, the reason we chose Slate Church is because it doesn't mean anything. Uh, In our city, we have all these tech companies and Google and and all of these funky names and I remember thinking like, what was Google before Google? If you heard the word Google, would you have recognized anything? Or let's think of the word Apple, like before Apple became a company, if you said, hey, I, uh, you know, I, I love Apple, uh, you'd be like, well, that's an odd way to say you like an Apple, but like, I get it. But all of a sudden, Apple comes around, names their company Apple, and the thing we associate when I say I love Apple is you go technology, iPhones, computers. And so what we did is we said let's choose a name that has no prior meaning so as we continue on as a church that we might actually build the meaning into our church. That when people in Waterloo hear the name Slate, there's no preconceived notions because there's nothing out there named Slate. And so what we did is we're like, okay, we're going to be Slate Church. And I remember my father-in-law leading us through this exercise, which led us to our launch Sunday, which you can throw up on the back screen here, where we launched with um, a pretty remarkable uh, launch Sunday. It was one of the largest, to our knowledge, uh, launch Canadian church uh, plant launches in Canadian church history. We had 606 people show up on our first Sunday. And just remember being taken aback by all that God was doing and completely depressed when we got to Thanksgiving that year and we had 130 people. But we had to build up from there and trust God that he was in it and realize that, hey, we had counted the 300 that came to the service, like half of them stayed, so all all the rest. But anyways, we were pretty stoked on that. The second thing I wanna talk about that God has always done for us, and can we get the monitor just turned off just because it's flashing at me. Um, The second thing that I wanna talk about Um, when it comes to just things that God has has been faithful in in our church. First is direction and Holy Spirit direction, but the second is people. This next photo you're going to see on the screen is a picture of our launch team outside of Maxwell's on the first Sunday. And, uh, you know, I remember being told by multiple pastors, even in this area, that we weren't going to succeed as a church because we were building it off of young adults who had no money. And uh, I remember being like, well, that's funny because, like, the young adults in my church are always buying Starbucks and going out to eat. And, like, for as much as all the money that they don't have, like, they seem to have a lot of money to spend on themselves. And so we took a group of 40 young adults um, and we said, okay, we're going to go launch a church. And uh, with that group of 40 young adults, I remember that very first heart for the house that we had, which was $95,000. It was given completely by this group of 40 people. This group of 40 people, some of them are still with us. Some of them are living all over the place. You can see some familiar faces like Alicia Snyder right here. And um, I mean, I can't really see it too good. Peter's in the middle. Uh, Emma's there. It's so blurry from my perspective. But these are people that gave all that they had to what God was doing, and this group of people, 40 of them, gave $95,000, and if it wasn't for them, if it wasn't for the time that we spent for a year leading up, visiting other churches, and going to, um, visiting, and and sitting down with pastoral staffs, and and downloading what what God was doing in our hearts, and coming back to our our basement, uh, the, the basement could have fit approximately 10 people, and we'd fit 40 people in there, and if it wasn't for those moments, we wouldn't be where we are today. And I, I want to pause and just thank God for these 40 people, because without them, we wouldn't be where we are today. Without their obedience, without their sacrifice, without 40 people saying, you know what, God, here I am, send me. We wouldn't be here today. Right before we launch, you can go to the next photo, we went to something called the ARC Conference, which is the association that we launched our church with. On the screen before you are um, four heroes in our church today that we owe a lot of Thankfulness to you. From the left to the right, we have Emily Lambert, Nathan Lambert, uh, you've got myself and Emma, and you have Ben Yancey and Candace Mayers. Yeah. Again, the second rock is God has brought good people into our lives. Nathan and Emily are wonderful, wonderful people. They traveled with us along with a few others. Um, to our conference, and we were just so excited that that fall we would be launching a church. You know, Nate, I remember sitting down with him because prior to Slate Church, we were, we were, um, we were pastoring a student church, and uh, the student church was, uh, it was on the rocks. It was uh, on its last legs, and it was actually a result of that period of time that we went and launched Slate Church. And I remember the very first time I met Nate three years prior to launching Slate Church. And uh, he sat down and he gave me this great vision for what Waterloo was going to look like. He said, I see buildings popping up everywhere and I see a flourishing church. And I was like, hey, dude, if you could just get yourself to church, that's all I need from you. You don't have to say all this stuff. But it's funny because Nate actually was kind of seeing the vision of what Waterloo has become. All of a sudden, buildings are popping up. Churches, not just ours, are thriving. And, and uh, I was really appreciative of him. I remember the first time Nate asked if he could be on leadership in our church. Nate is now on staff for those that don't know. And uh, I was like, okay, well, uh, here's the deal. I just had a 4 p.m. meeting with you yesterday that you slept through. And so I don't know what you're, what's happening in your life, but you should probably stop sleeping through our 4 p.m. meetings. I don't know what you're doing the night before, and I now know you have been binge-watching Prison Break late at night. I said, listen, if you could show up to church for four weeks in a row, you can be on our leadership team. And uh, the leadership bar is a little bit higher now at Slate Church. <laughs> But Nate did it. And from that moment forward, Nate has always been on our leadership team and he's grown and he's flourished and he's leading us well as a church. And I'm just so thankful for him. I'll talk about Ben in a second, but one thing you need to know about Candice, who is our worship leader and has been our worship leader since we started as a church, is when we were about to start as a church, Candice was actually on staff. If you asked her now, what is your dream, Candice, she would say to work for the church. And she was on staff and she didn't get fired and and in fact, I didn't even suggest that she should come off staff. But one of the interesting things with Candice is she recognized that we had a need. And the need was to have somebody that could organize the growth that we were seeing in front of us. And Candice came up to me one week and we were discussing, what are we going to do moving forward here, Candice? And I'm ne- I will never forget her saying her lifelong dream to be on staff at a church still isn't on staff now. And she said, listen, I think that I should probably come, on, come off staff. You should hire Ben. And that will help our church move, for, move forward. I could uh, cry sharing that because this is the kind of selflessness that we've been led with from somebody like Candace for years now. And for anybody that's ever come to me, which is not very often with a cl- complaint about Candace, the reason why it isn't received is people do not see what Candace does behind the scenes and how wonderful she is as a person. And Candace, I just want to honor you wherever you are. I don't know if she's here in our evening service, but we love you. Is this okay that I'm just sharing stories? Is this helping paint a bit of a picture? Can you go to the next picture? This is a picture of one of my best friends. And uh, his name's Peter Mullen, and he's sitting right over there. Peter told me the moment I met him, he said, hey, I'm... Uh, I'm not going to be a part of your church past December. And I was like, okay. He's like, yeah, I'll give you four months and I'm done here. And I was like, that's a really odd way to meet somebody, but okay, see it never, I guess. And you're uh, still here. <laughs> this was almost nine years ago. And uh, I can't thank you, Peter, enough for who you are. Uh, in front of you, you have two phones. Uh, one of them is your Toyota phone. And one of them is your personal phone. And we're at a meeting, I believe, at uh, uh, Smile Tiger. And uh, this is how Peter lived his life for four years to get Slate Church off the ground. Where he'd work for Slate at Toyota. I'm just kidding, because it's going online. (laughs) And then he'd pastor people after working for Slate at Toyota. But for real, Peter found every nook and cranny in his life to give his all to Slate Church. Um, We wouldn't be where we are today if people like Peter didn't decide that God wanted to use him to build a healthy, thriving church in the area that we find ourselves in. Peter has helped me navigate some of the most excruciating seasons of my life. Um, There was one, uh, one week where we went off to Algonquin about three years ago in the middle of the pandemic. And I was just yelling in the middle of Algonquin Park, And telling him how upset I was. And he offered me some words that um, are the reason why I'm still here pastoring today. Uh, He told me not to quit, not to give up. And I'm really thankful for you, Peter. We couldn't be here without you. Come on. All right, I already talked about Nate, but let's throw a picture up of Nate when he wasn't so thin and, and healthy. All right, the next photo, you can put that up. Just some pictures of people in our church just from... Christmases that we've shared and things that we've done. Look at Julia Hutchison, my goodness. Um, Tim's kissing me, always inappropriate. The next photo, we've got a picture of Chike. And uh, Chike is just such a wonderful man in our church. And I'm just so thankful for him. I wish I had more time. I'm not, gonna, I'm not actually going to go into it now. I've been saying a lot about Chike from this platform, and I just absolutely love him. Uh, the next photo, we have Bethany, who is now Peter's wife. Um, which is exciting because I remember Peter saying something to the effect of uh, uh, I'll never marry that woman or maybe she's the most annoying person I've ever met. Don't bring her on our team. And thank God I brought her onto our leadership team because uh, they're now together with a beautiful child and are definitely not annoyed with each other ever anymore with the Snyders and just another couple that I'm so thankful for. Can we bring up the next photo as well? next photo is just of uh, Jared and Christina and and Ashley and uh, I just want to say something about Ashley because she's another person that's just been a rock in our church and not somebody that you see too often Um, but Ashley has been mine and Emma's uh, one of our good friends for years now and Ashley was um, this man she is if you know her she's uh she's wild she's the most wild person that I know in my life um if you follow her on social media and you're like, man, this is just so out there. It's like, that's actually who she is. Like, she's wonderful and she celebrates people. And I remember early on in our church, Ashley, you just gave us a run for our money around every corner. You were bringing up a problem and, and like, what about this and what about this? And honestly, we wouldn't have sharpened ourselves as a church unless you did that. And uh, I just remember every moment where you could have left and somebody burned you real bad and this happened to you and that happened to you. And I told you, five minutes before a service after you worked on something all week to put on our stage. And I was like, you got to rip that down. It looks awful. And you didn't leave and you still stayed. And you, know, you found Josh and you guys have two kids or at least one on the way. And Ashley, I just want to thank you for your heart of worship and just who you are and the fact that you've stuck it out and that you've been such an encouragement to Emma and I and Josh. What an incredible addition to Ashley's life, but also just our lives. Like We're just so thankful for you and who you guys are. Um, I want to move on to this final one, just tell one final story, this is Peter again, uh, Peter gets in lots of photos, and my brother-in-law, I just, I just stopped to say, like, one of the things God will do by planting yourself in a church is he'll surprise you, Quinn wasn't supposed to be a part of our church, but I remember one time walking into Wendy's and getting a spicy, uh, a spicy chicken burger, and I thought, I got to call this guy that just showed up to our church, and gave me his number, and I said, Quinn, are you going to join our launch team? And he said, uh, I wasn't planning on it. And I said, you should. And he's like, okay, I will. And from that point forward, not only did Quinn join our launch team, but he met my sister. And they got married. And now I have a brother-in-law. And, and I, I, it's kind of funny because he's like one of these guys that I just thought was a joke. Um, but I started to learn. He's like, no, he's just funny. If you know Quinn, he's the funniest guy But I just want to tell you the faithfulness of staying planted in a church is that you get these benefits that you never thought you would ever get simply by just sticking around and planting yourself. You get to watch God do beautiful things for you, your family, through the things that He's doing. My sister got a husband out of this church. I love it. And now I have a beautiful nephew. And it's just wonderful what God's done in our family. I want to thank God for the people that He's brought into our lives. Finally, I just want to put up another one. This is the longest segment, the people segment. Um, This is a this is a screen capture from our local. Um, COVID was incredibly hard, and we all went on Zoom, and locals went on Zoom. And this is a, both a plug for locals, but also just for the people that fill our church. I want to thank the Taves for being such good friends. Um, they walked in. Uh, I, I don't have time to tell the story, but I just want to thank you guys for being good friends. And Sam, who's on sound here, is the other, he's one of the, the other half. Of uh, this photo in the bottom with Emily. I don't know where Emily is right now. She's probably come to the second service. But uh, these are, this is our local that, we, that we, we're, we're a part of and, and that we get to do life with. And I just, you know, before God, just want to thank him for the people that he's brought into our lives. I want to thank God for birthing locals in our hearts and for Nate refining it, for the fact that we are here today. And not only do we have a strong church that shows up on Sundays, but we also have a church that meets all throughout the week and serves our city and gathers with one another and makes sure that we're being discipled. And it's so beautiful what God is doing through locals. And I can only say, make sure you find yourself in a local. Okay, um, the final picture is of me and Kenzie. And I'm going to remove some photos from the next one just because it's going to take too long. But look at her. That's how old she was when we started this church. Um, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Hey, can we talk about some moments real quick uh, that God has done in our church? Um, And we don't have to go past this just yet, um, but I want to thank God for the faithfulness of moments. I remember one time telling Emma, I said, Emma, uh, for some reason, I just have this this feeling that Justin Bieber is going to show up to our church. And what do you know? But in our second year, Justin Bieber shows up to our church. For those of you that didn't know that, we don't share it often, but I was like, what in the world? And there's a whole story that goes along with it. But what a moment for us as a church. I think that deserves a little, like, the top pop artists in the world just, like, waltz into our church. And so we had Justin Bieber there and, uh, you know, got to listen to his beautiful voice worshiping God beside us. I remember we announced our second heart for the house, which was 150000 And I remember looking directly at him while I announced it. Like, hey, dude, you could sell your car in the parking lot and double this right now. And he didn't respond. I didn't obviously say that. Um, but, you know, these moments have happened. I want to reflect right now on L Conference, if you could throw the next photo up, and just what God has done through the woman in our church, and can I just thank every single woman that's a part of our church, and for your faithfulness, and who you are, and for raising strong families, and just being strong. And guess what, guys? That's not the end of things like L Conference. This will come back at some point. But the pandemic has slowed things down a little bit on that front. But God, we're just so thankful for what you've done through things like L Conference. I want to point our attention to the Christmases that we've had, the next photo, and just the faithfulness of people like Candice and the crazy antics that happen and the, the Santa Clauses and the, the Mrs. Clauses and the, the fun that's happened and the ability to invite my neighbors out this past year where they, for, for the first time, heard the gospel message and just what God has been doing through that. I wanna think on moments like Ezra Street where we go out and we serve, that's the next photo, we serve thousands of students that show up to get just um, plastered on, uh, on St. Patrick's Day. And I just think to the moments where God has used us to hand out thousands of timbits and thousands of uh, bottles of water in order to safeguard students and help them to sober up just a little bit so that they might make better decisions by the end of their night and have conversations and love people into the kingdom of God. I wanna thank God for moments like Here's Jake and CJ. Jake's uh, actually going through the, the pictures right now. Isn't Jake and CJ just a wonderful couple? This is before they had Mila. And man, this is them serving on St. Patrick's Day. Here's Josh Legacy, the next photo, another beauty in our church. It's absolutely. This is the guy that even if you don't know him, somehow he'll be in your wedding party because he's just in everybody's wedding party. Well, thank God for the moment that we had right before the pandemic, our family day skate. That we had in Elmira, and what a beautiful um, uh, moment that was, where we got to skate as a fam, uh, as a church family, but also we got a pre-screening of Frozen Two, and all the kids were going absolutely wild, and we didn't know what would happen to the world just a month later. But God has always been on the move in our church for the men's events that we've had, and uh, the final picture of Jared on the on the um, on the platform. You see. If I had to encapsulate the moments that we've had as a church into one photo, this might just be it. And this is Jared, and Jared's right here with his wife Beth, and Jared's a pastor on staff as well. But this is just the heart of this guy, but this is just the heart of our church. You see, for all the moments we've had as a church, for all the fun that we've had, and for the thousands of people we've been able to gather over five years, and the events we've been able to put on, we don't do this that we can just be hyped up and have a bunch of fun as a church. We do it, because God invites us into his presence. And in this photo, if I could encapsulate just the heart of our church, it's a humble person laid out before God, asking him to move in the midst of what we're, what's going on in our society, in our world, and the things that are going on. I wanna thank Jared for just his incredible, um, uh, just for who he is as a leader and for this posture that he demonstrates amongst our staff daily and just for what God's been doing in our church. I wanna thank God for the moments in our church. I'm running out of time really quick here, and I realize that I pulled, to, pulled together way too many photos. Um, why didn't you come up, Scott? The next thing that I want to thank God for is just... Well, that was fast. Hey, can we thank God for his provision over the last five years? First up, I just want to throw up a picture... I'm not even get, getting to the Bible verses that I, <laughs> that I set aside. Listen, forgive me. Go read your Bibles at home after the service, okay? <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, I don't have time to tell you the story of our first office space. But um, at the time, we were leading a church called the Embassy. And the Embassy would give birth to Slate Church. And our first office space, um, Nate was driving by, he was praying, and he stopped at this building. And he said, I think this is where God wants us to be. And he drove and he called for a lease sign and he went and saw it without my knowing. He's like, hey, I just saw an office. You'll never believe it. It already has our name on the, on the building. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. And he sent me this photo. He's like, it does. It says Christ Embassy. Like, like it's our building. And I'm like, there's no way somebody put the name of our student church on the building already. And this was another church that had fizzled out at one point, whatever else. But sure enough, uh, our first office space had our name on it already. This would be the first office space of Slate Church that we would um, that we would go to this is Emma um, unlocking it and uh, just so excited that we finally had something we were paying for that we could go into whenever we wanted to because at that time we were just renting spaces one night a week and uh, I want to stop here and I mean we're going to get to the rest of God's provision and uh, Jared I'm going to go right till time this time is that okay <laughs> Jared and I had a talk this past week. He's like, hey, we got to shorten the services a little bit. And I'm like, no problem. This week, 10.05, not going to happen. Um, only because of the way that uh, Landmark works here. I just want to, um, this is the moment that I was going to just, um, before you all, just thank my wife. Um, because we wouldn't be here today for real, for real, if it wasn't for Emma. And uh, Emma takes stupid hits. She'll preach and somebody will send me an email. woman shouldn't preach. Um, she takes stupid hits. She'll help people and then people will turn around and, and uh, get upset with her. You didn't help me enough. But she is the strength and the backbone behind our church. I am a little inst- unstable all the time. It's probably what makes me so creative. It's probably what makes me so emotional. Um, but she's the rock. And yes, the way our dynamic works is that I predominantly lead this church from a leadership perspective and making decisions. But we wouldn't have made one good decision in our church if it wasn't for Emma and the voice of God speaking to her and her telling me to stop thinking about that thing and just do it. And Emma, I just want to thank you for five years of being my main partner and... Uh, I love you. and we wouldn't be here as a church if it wasn't for you. In five years, you've given birth to three kids, grown our, our kids' ministry, single-handedly. And I've had God speak to you so many times that I'm confident that we're walking in God's will. I'm just so thankful for you. See was happening in my mind in this moment, because as a speaker, you have three different conversations going on. You have the one that you had prepared, the one that makes edits on the on the fly, and then the third conversation that goes on in your head as you're public speaking is, um, is this is this what you should have been doing at all? Like you should have rethought this, bro. Like what are you sharing all these stories for? But I'm going to keep just sharing a few more stories. And the reason I think they're so important is because we don't just get to places on accident. Simple example in our personal life is you're not going to just wake up one day ripped with a six pack because you just wanted it to happen. You got to be intentional about these things. And we're only here because of God and the people that God used. And so I just want to talk... Very briefly with this next photo, this is a picture of Ben signing our very first check as a church. Ben's our executive pastor and we've signed many checks since then. You know, Ben lit, left a very lucrative career to come be a part of this church. I mean, I'm not, I didn't ask him permission, so I can't, I can't, I can't share specific details. But that ninety-five thousand dollars that we raised as uh, as a church, as students, that very first time, would have been much, 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 much lower if it wasn't for Ben. And sometimes I have pastors, and they'll ask, "Hey, how can you trust a person in your church?" Like I just uh, that works with your finances, and I go, "Well, because Ben, before he came on staff, gave more money than we paid him in his first year." <laughs> These are the kind of people that. Are leading this church they're they're not they're not hypocrites in fact right now on staff we have 10 staff which is mind-blowing that in five years we've been able to go from me who is making $25,000 a year to being able to provide for 10 people in their livelihoods God is good but all 10 people have been hired out of our church we haven't hired anybody from any other church or any other thing that's going on or and man it's tempting sometimes when somebody's without a job and they're they're it's stellar at what they do. But God has raised up the people in our church that are leading our church. And it's beautiful. Ben is one of the most beautiful humans you will ever meet. I just want to thank God for Ben. <laughs> I want to tell two more stories of God's provision. This next one is a picture of Maxwell's. Here's one I want to tell you about Maxwell's and what God's doing. We still meet at Maxwell's for our PM services. But we also were provided a space to record all that God did for two years in our church. We were given a space that we could, it was locked it was our first time where we had a space where we could fit enough people for a worship night and we could go in whenever we wanted. And for some reason, a chance meeting at a, uh, at a concert for two people in our church, years prior to planting Slate, gave us a building that we still meet in today. And this afternoon or tonight, we're gonna have about 200 Students just worshiping God in. I just want to thank God for the fact that he brings provision into our lives in ways that we couldn't. The last picture, or this is another picture of, of Slate. Um, actually, let's just skip to, um, forget it. You don't have to put on any other pictures. The last piece of provision that I just want to talk about is this building that we just purchased um, on 100 Fergus. You know that we had been searching from day one as a church to rent somewhere, to lease something so that we could have a space to call our own. And Emma had this word, of course, where she was at a, at a conference and um, God said, hey, with the birth of this child, which was Lucy, you'll be given a permanent space. And uh, we thought, no way, because that was in October and Lucy was due in April. And uh, it's funny, I got a call the very end of February, February 28th, and it just said, hey, my name's Neil, I'm from EBC, we're figuring things out, we know you've been looking to lease a space, like, let's talk, and uh, too much information, I was on the toilet when I took this voicemail, (laughs) I quickly finished up my business, I ran downstairs, and in a trembling voice, I said to him, I said, I think we're going to buy this building, and here we are, two months after purchasing it. And so this is what I'd say, guys. Is next week we're going into a series called No One Else Is Coming. The whole premise of it is we want to see this nation reach for Jesus Christ. And if we're expecting somebody else to come do it, no one else is coming. You've been sent. We are the body of Christ. And in five years of faithfulness, as I look to the future, I just I can't imagine what God's going to do in the next five years. I can't imagine the, the marriages that are gonna happen in our church. I can't even begin to picture the amount of kids that we're gonna have that, that we, we just can't even, like already the kids team is like, hey, we need to rent another theater. I'm like, before you know it, we're gonna have all of, we do now, but when, next week we're gonna start, we're gonna be renting every theater from here to that side. That's how much our church is growing. <laughs> I just can't imagine what the next five years is gonna look like. Can we stand up because what we're going to end with is just a prayer because the next service is like, hey, are we allowed in or what's going to happen? This is what I just want us to do. Is I'd like for all of us to bow our heads and close our eyes and, and just begin to thank God where we find ourselves for everything that he's done over the last five years. And if you could, with arms stretched out in surrender, can you just raise your hands as we begin to pray over the next five years? And if you're believing for big things, and if you're believing for family members to come to know Jesus, and if you're believing for God to do incredible things in the life of this city for his name, if you're, can you just begin to pray wherever you find yourself, and just begin to recommit and replant yourself in the dreams and the visions that God's had for you? Can we just begin to pray and, and just begin to believe that God is going to move more greatly than we have even seen him move in the past? And just begin to pray that God would, would begin to have his way and begin to have his will. And may we begin to pray that something like the pandemic wouldn't suck the, the energy and the, and the um, excitement out of what he's going to do in the next five years, the next 10 years, the next 20 years. Can we just begin to pray that that God would begin to build a church that would outlast everybody in this room, that, that it would be a beacon of hope, that it would be a place of surrender surrender, that it'd be a place of God's presence and a place of God's mission being outpoured here on earth. God, we give you up these next five years. God, we want to thank you as we've taken a full 45 minutes just to remind ourselves of some of the things that you've done and some of the people that you've used and some of the great things that you're doing. God, we look to the next five years and we begin to just pray and we begin to thank you and we begin to look out with expectation. And God, we know that right now in this room there are new Peters and there's new Ben's and new and Jared's and Nate's and there's new people that you're raising up that will be the faithful ones over the next 20 years that you're going to use to do big things and revival is going to break out in homes and in families and you're going to do incredible things and so God right now I pray that you would just plant a new seed in our souls. You plant new dreams in our minds that God right now in our spirits we just begin to shake off the cobwebs of the last few years and begin to look forward to the future that you have for our church and the future that you have for our region God, as we set out with this mission statement to make disciples of all of Ontario, God, what we are praying is that you would begin to expand in ways that only you can expand. God, I pray for Elmira, where we used to have a service, that God, you would begin to till the ground there once again, that we would begin to see just expansion in the name of Jesus God may you just begin to have your way once again in our hearts and in our church and in our lives and God we are trusting that as we walk faithfully with you as our faithful God that you will surprise us again and again and again and again God to you be the glory for yours is the glory and the power and the kingdom forever amen come on can we thank God just one more time (laughs) <laughs> guys i love you it's time to get out of here because i got to bring in the next service and figure out how i'm going to shorten what i just said but i love you we'll see you next week can you invite somebody and can you commit to sharing on social media this week that next week's our fall kickoff we love you guys thanks again for listening to our sunday podcast to hear more messages like these Be sure to share and subscribe. We're thankful for all that God is doing in our church right now. We would love to have you be a part of what is going on. You can connect with us by filling out a Connect card online at slatechurch.com. And hey, stay tuned for more content coming soon.